Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast, and I'm joined by Aidan Stevenson. Aidan, how are we? I'm good, too. How are you? I'm very well, so let's get right into it. Pedro Cassini sacked. What's your thoughts? I think everyone could see it was going to happen eventually. I mean, he had a disastrous couple of days there. I mean, losing at the weekend to Mullow in the semi-final, then a draw at Kilmarnock. Took a moment was probably the last straw for all the Rangers fans. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I said in the podcast last week that if Rangers if Rangers can't beat Mullerwell in the semi-final, he would have to go. Um, on Sunday, let's talk about the game on Sunday first. The game on Sunday, Rangers were spineless. Um, Rangers lost their discipline. We were terrible, utterly terrible. Um, Mullerwell bullied us all over the park. Absolutely, they wanted it more than Rangers. And when I was sitting in the, the, the sitting in Hamden, right, when I was sitting in Hamden, I was thinking, I don't know, I've got a funny feeling about today. I think Muller are going to do us. I think they're going to beat us. When I was just seeing the players warm up and stuff, I was like, nah, I'm just not feeling it, not feeling it. And uh, obviously, Muller beat us 2 0. Lou Moult, second goal, absolutely phenomenal. What a strike that was. And the, our defending uh, for the first goal was ridiculous. Uh, same story, same old story with Rangers under Pedro Cassinha. Um So, what do you think of Motherwell's performance, Aidan? Do you think they were they really did deserve it? Because I hundred percent thought they did. Definitely. I mean, they're shown they're just completely a different team for what they were last season. They're getting big results against teams and they're making it to cup finals. It's just it's just completely turned around to last season. I think they totally deserve to be where they are now. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And going back to Rangers' performance, Rangers. Throughout the whole game, it was a constant long ball. It made no sense, right? You've got little Morales up top, right? And we're playing the long balls constantly. And the Motherwell defenders were just eating them up. I just cannot understand Pedro's tactics. He's tactically inept. He's clueless. Utterly clueless. The worst manager in Rangers history. And I, I thought Al McCoy would always be our worst manager. I didn't think we would get any worse. Turns out I was wrong. Pedro, by far, is the worst manager in Rangers history. Do you agree? I'd probably say he's up there, but you have to think, why was he even appointed in the first place? People are saying the exact same things now. They need someone who knows the club and who would be able to understand Scottish role and bring in players that would be suited to it. Why did they bring him in? Now they're just in the same position they were when Mark Warburton left. Ah, you're absolutely right. <coughs> you're absolutely advanced for sensing. Ah, exactly, because when you look at Pedro Cassini, right, when you look at that CV, how does... A guy like Cassini come on the Rangers radar with that kind of CV, right? For example, um, when you look at Steve Clark, who come recently appointed, uh, who got recently appointed at Kilmarnock, right? Look at his CV and compare it to Cassini's CV. You would take Steve Clark over Cassini any day of the week, and the board need to have a real good hard look at themselves because that appointment. Why? Why appoint Pedro Cassini? And. It was it was the same old story with him. It was failure after failure after failure. We could not win a big game under Pedro Cassino. And he, this is going back to last season. Obviously, Hughes uh, beat us 5-1 at Ibrox. That was utterly embarrassing. That was by far the worst Rangers game I'd ever been at. Um, we lost to Aberdeen 2-1 for the first time in 27 years at Ibrox. And then we've got progress, enough said, <laughs> going out in the first round of the Europa League. Then we lost to Hibs. Um, we drew the hearts, uh, we lost the semi-final, and obviously Neil McCoffin was uh, last night against Kilmarnock, and yeah, it was it was bound to happen, the board had to act, and so, going on to the game for, uh, last night, and in fact we'll stay on the semi-final, um, let's talk a little bit about the referee, Aiden. the referee had an absolute shocker, I think Motherwell should at least had two players sent off, what do you think? 
definitely Bowman should have been sent off. I thought that was a disgraceful challenge. I mean, he put his elbow right in him. He can't get away with that. And it was clear immediately after that he'd done something wrong because mm. Cardozo's nose was clearly broken. Oh, yeah. So I don't know how the referee didn't make a decision at that point in the game. Yeah, how bad was that, by the way? Because was, there was blood everywhere. It was, it was really disgusting. And I thought the way Motherwell uh, acted on uh, Sunday, I thought it was brutality. I thought I thought it was really brutal. Uh, <clears throat> they were kicking us off the park, and the referee did not act accordingly. It was it was pretty gruesome to watch. I thought that wasn't football, but I'm not going to blame the referee for uh, Rangers losing the game. Far from it. I'm not going to because Rangers were poor. It was eleven v eleven, and Rangers just did not turn up. Um, but I'll talk about my my favourite uh, Rangers player. Josh Windass. Um, Windass had two great chances on Sunday. Straight the keeper. Missed him. He, he had two, two fantastic chances. Bottled it. It's the same old story with Josh Windass. He's always in the right positions, right? Always in the right positions. But he cannot finish. He can't deliver. And last night as well against Kilmarnock, uh, in the first half, he took a shot uh, from outside of the box. Went way over the bar. Went wide completely. And just... It just sums up Josh Windass. He is a really, really poor player. He's not got it. And I hate how certain people always say, eh, oh, there's a player in there. There's a player in there. There's a player in there. No, there's not. Josh Windass is not good enough to play for Rangers Football Club. The jersey's far too big for him. And I've said it to you numerous times, Aidan. Remember at the start of the season where he played well against Motherwell and everyone was raving about him saying, this is Josh Windass year. And I was like, well, he's had one good game. It's the first game of the season. Everyone's seeming to forget about last season, and I'm getting proved right. And I want his Windass to succeed, but he's not going to. And do you agree, Adam? What do you think, Josh Windass? Do you think there's a player in there? That's obviously, I don't. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, it makes it even more silly when you think Barry McKay was at Rangers last season and he was sold for buttons, and then they're not putting one in to replace him, and they're expecting Windass to do a job there when they already had a player worthy of playing that position there. So. Yeah. I think a lot of pressure on Windass but he's still not really delivering on what he could be doing yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and the amount of money we spent uh, in the summer £10 million we spent and look at the players that we brought in like we brought in Carlos Peña he was horrendous on Sunday see Peña doesn't score right he does he does absolutely nothing when you look at him he does absolutely nothing on Sunday Dorans and Jack were terrified to, like, to pass the ball to him or they were ter- and they were also terrified to even ask for the ball because any time they would pass the ball to Peña he would constantly lose possession all Peña like, he's done so far is he's scored four goals right but when he doesn't score right now like, as I was saying does absolutely nothing and when he's scoring people that covers up the cracks so it does covers up the cracks that, that of him not doing anything because he does nothing, he contributes nothing really, especially in his position, he should be dictating play, creating chances, and he does does not do that at all. Um, what do you think in Carlos Peña, 2.5 million flop already? I think it's really stupid when you even look, he was getting paid, he's getting paid 13 times what Louis Moe was getting paid now, and he's really below par for what Rangers are needing now, and as a most expensive player at the moment, he's really not performing. Yeah, exactly. Even compared to the rest of the Rangers team, he's underachieving, I'd say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, he was our most expensive signing in the summer. And when you look at players like Louis Moult and Jimmy Walker, we could have got them for all the all together when you had, I think, Louis Moult, 500k, Walker, maybe 
just under a million, or just uh, or just under a million or a million. You're, that's, you're looking at that's one point five million, right? Uh, on two very talented players. Then you look at uh, Carlos Pena, two point five million, and pff, the guy's hopeless. He's hopeless. Can uh, Diaz as well? Uh, what do you want to say? I'm just going to say, Pacino was, that was a weird thing in the transfer window. It was overpaying for players he probably could have got for cheaper, but refusing to pay more, put more money in players like Mole or Walker, who are proven in the league, probably done a better job than they are doing now. Yeah. So that's probably that is another factor in him getting the sack because his transfers have been quite poor. And I think it leaves Rangers in the same position they were when Warburton left. I think at the moment they need a rebuilding job, but they've all just spent all this money on a rebuilding job that's failed. So, I don't know, it's really tricky situation for Rangers at the moment and it'll be interesting to see what they do if they're out for you uh, you're absolutely right and I was just going to say there about Candias. Candias, uh, I don't think he's I don't he's, he's average okay he's he's okay he's nothing special but when you look at Barry Mackay he's young he's got potential he's talented and, we, and as you were saying we sold him for absolute, absolutely buttons so uh, we sold him for 500k and he's doing well down at Nottingham Forest. Scored a few goals this season, got a few assists as well. I really could not understand that whatsoever. And then you're seeing stuff like with Pedro falling out with Kenny Miller, sending Kenny Miller to go training under twenties. Kenny Miller, throughout his whole career, has never had a bust up with a manager before. And you hear all these ex footballers and current footballers saying Kenny Miller is a model professional. And then all of a sudden, since Casinha's came in, he's had a bust up with Pedro Casinha, and I'll probably put that down to Casinha because Casinha is immature. He's a little boy on that touchline. That's what he is. It, he's embarrassing, squaring up to players. Like remember, he's squaring up to Scott Brown, and when things aren't going uh, his way, when things aren't going Rangers' way, and when we're losing, he squares up to managers. Look what he was doing to uh, Stephen Robinson on Sunday, squaring up to him, then getting sent to stand. And then oh, do you hear? Obviously, do you hear that about Lee Wallace? Totally Wallace not a... told to stay away from the game, which is a big story. The Rangers captain getting told to stay away from Ibrox. That's crazy stuff. Yeah, and I think it was yeah, it, it was utterly bizarre. And I think it's fairly evident now, right, when you look at um like what happened in Sunday and when you look what happened last night, when you look at the players' body language, the players weren't weren't playing for him. They were not playing for him. Casinha lost the dressing room. He did and this is quite telling as well on Sunday when we conceded the first goal I looked at the players right and they were just standing around not saying a word to each other they weren't saying a word to each other their body language was completely off and no one was trying to galvanise each other no one was trying to motivate each other and there was no soul in that team under Cassinia like none whatsoever and it was bound to happen it really was uh, so Aidan um, Pedro Cassinha, do you think we'll ever see him back in Scottish football? Nah, I think that's him done. I couldn't see anyone really wanting to take a risk on him. Plus, he could go back to where he did have moderate success in the Middle East and Mexico and places like that, where he's probably got a better reputation than he has here now. So I can't see him wanting to make a return or fans of any Scottish team really wishing for him. Oh, exactly, I know. And like we'll just stay on this subject for just a little bit more because it is a big, big story. It's what it is. Um, cause it like but see see Cassinia though. Uh, but he's a very likable guy. He's a really charming guy. I really did want the guy to to succeed. And when we first appointed him, I even said to you, I was like, "Who is this guy? Like, why are we appointing this guy? We could get much 
better managers than this guy. So we can because he's not. He was right from the start. I was like that CV's not worthy of the Rangers job whatsoever, and he's he reminds me a lot of Ronnie Dyler, doesn't he? Do you agree? I was Very. Say that. Yeah. I think both Dyler and Kishinev were the cheap option at the time that Celtic and Rangers were looking for. Just a quick fix that didn't work out in both situations. I feel. This shows why you need a proper manager to lead a team at Celtic or Rangers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's like it was it was the cheap option, as you're saying, hundred percent the cheap option, and it was a bold appointment as well. And I I just really want to know who's the guy that interviewed Pedro and said, right, you're the guy that's going to take us forward. You're the guy that's going to stop ten in a row. It was absolutely bizarre. And that right after that progress game where Rangers went out in the first round of the Europa League, when Rangers went out in the first round of the Europa League, a lot of people were saying right after that game, OK, right, get rid of him now, this guy's no got it. And I was saying, right, he needs to hit the ground running at the start of the season. And I, I remember I made this uh, infamous quote, I said, if Pedro doesn't win, uh, the first, if he doesn't get 16 points from the first six games, he's a goner. And then, obviously, second game in, we lose to Hibs. And then I was like, okay, right. He's not going to go anywhere just now. And then we obviously lost to Hughes, uh, this, uh, like, Ibrox, 2-0. And that was yet another gutless performance. And Pedro's had three old firm games against Celtic. And we've not even laid a glove on you. Not at all. Not even laid a glove. Semi-final, two, uh, last season, beat us comfortably. 5-1. Enough said, and obviously the game at Ibrox this season two 0 where you you just strolled that game, strolled it, and so Aiden, what do you think? though? do do you think, um, who do you think will who do you think Rangers will appoint next? I think they should appoint Derek McInnes because he's clearly proven in the league. Where he's getting second place with Aberdeen. He's really overachieving there, and. Listen to his press conference after the game last night against Celtic. I think he's looking for a new challenge, which I think Rangers could probably offer him. Yeah, I absolutely think we should go for Derek McInnes. Um, I've been saying that for a long time now. Uh, ever since Stuart McCall left Rangers, I was saying, right, we need to go for Derek McInnes. So, 100% try and get McInnes because he's totally transformed Aberdeen around. Uh, 100%. He's transformed them around. He's actually made them somewhat relevant again. <laughs> JJ won't like that one. Uh, but he generally has. He's made them relevant again. Uh, he's won them a League Cup. Um, and he's finished in Europe. Ever since he's took over Aberdeen, Aberdeen have always finished in Euro- the European places. And obviously, um, last season, Aberdeen finished above Rangers. So, 100% go for Dent McInnes. But the only issue is, I think, the compensation. It's a compensation fee. That'll be the issue. Because... Denny McInnes, um, Aberdeen will not obviously will not want to lose Denny McInnes to Rangers, of course. So, rumour has it, I think the compensation is meant to be £1 million. Am I right? I couldn't tell you, but it sounds about right, Yeah, like £1 million for the compensation fee, that will be, it will be a lot. But I feel as though Rangers need to push the boat out and get this guy, because the guy's obviously talented. He's a good manager, he's a Rangers man used to play for the club, he knows Scottish football inside out, and he was working with a shoe a shoestring budget at Aberdeen, and just to think what he can do with that, the, the budget we've got, and the players that he could sign, yeah, so 100% Derek McInnes, but if we don't get Derek McInnes, rumour has it Alex McLeish is lingering around, I think that'll be a safe pair of hands, 
so well. I think that would be an absolute safe pair of hands by Alex McLeish, because Alex McLeish is um, obviously he's a good, he is a capable manager, a good manager. Um, he's got a proven track record. He was the last Rangers manager to win the treble uh, for us. Um, yeah, I would I would say so. I wouldn't mind McLeish uh, until the end of the season. Um, Sam Allardyce's name has been doing the rounds as well. Do you see that one happening? I couldn't, but I think I what a what appointment I would be for Rangers and for Scottish football hope to have Brendan Rodgers and Sam Allardyce in the same league competing for it. That'd be really that'd be just really entertaining. But that's one that's I'd say that's a really outside chance of that one happening. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that one happening. Even if we do appoint Sam Allardyce, I don't think it will be a long term fix. It'll just be maybe a a season or two we'll get out of him. And obviously we want a lot of money. Um, so, it, it, you know, I've seen a, like another name that's been <laughs> linked with the job. Uh, i seen on the Sky Sports, Billy Davis said he'll be willing to talk to Rangers. No, that would be a bad move, in my opinion. That. What do you think? See, I don't understand why people wouldn't be happy with it, because I think that's one of the ones that we could go either way. I don't see why everyone would be so unhappy with it. I think it's just a bit uncertain like, where it would go. Um, like Billy Davis, right? He done well at Forest, but it's always ended horribly with him at a club. Um, he's not really got that much of a CV as well. Like he's not really won much. I don't, I don't think. We need. We can't go for Davis. Davis is back. A backward appointment. He's been out of the game too long as well. Um, a lot. A lot of people say that about McLeod. So he's been out of the game a long time as well. But McLeod's got a proven track record. He's done it, and he'll be a safe pair of hands. Uh, so I wouldn't go for Billy Davis. I would, I would not want that appointment whatsoever. Uh, Frank De Boer. I think that's one that people were hoping for when Warburton left, and I think it's probably more likely now. But would Rangers fans be happy with that? I mean, he's absolutely flopped at his last two clubs, and are in Palace. Couldn't even get a win with Palace. Um, so it's either man to really turn things around or now. I think you're one of the who has proven success. And the Bill's really not had it for a long time now. Yeah, well, he done well at Ajax, uh, so he did. Um, but as you were saying, the last two jobs he's been at hasn't been great. And and also, the Dutch are quite arrogant in the sense of it's like, we're playing my way, or that's it. So, De Boer, I, yeah, I would like De Boer. Yeah, there's a lot of guys I would like. Um, Alan Pardew, I wouldn't mind that one as well. I think Alan Pardew would be a really interesting uh, appointment so it would be um, because Pardew needs to build, build his rep back up and if Rangers come in for him he'll, I think he would jump at that so he will and I don't think he will be wanting a lot uh, to be honest because he's, he's been there in England he's done it in England he comes up to Scotland and if he does well chances are he can get an even bigger job down in England so what do you think? I think that one's kind of similar to Sam this one would be a big appointment for Rangers and would bring a lot to Scottish football but it's one of the ones that are outside chance at the moment. I can't see it happening. It's going it's going to be very very interesting. Uh, it will be. Um, so see, because uh, I've had a long day and stuff, quite tired. Have we? So have we? We've done. We we haven't really spoke much about the uh, the game last night, have we? Don't think we have. Yeah, not much. No. No, not much. So right, we did. We touched it. So we've touched on uh, the the semi final on Sunday there about how poor Rangers were and last night. Um, Rangers were the same old, same old, very turgid, very poor, um, and obviously it was a chaotic last five minutes, so it was, uh, they were fair Ryan Jack uh, getting sent off, but a lot of people were slagging Ryan Jack, right, he should know better, right, but 
I'll make that. I'll defend him a little bit here, right? He should know better in the sense not to get him, like like cut Broadfoot wind him. He just should have said to cut Broadfoot, like nah, just away you go and laugh at him. But he got outsmarted by cut Broadfoot. Then Ryan Jack lost his mind, kicked him, then got the red card. This is where I'm going to defend him a little bit. See Pedro Cassini, see the way he acted on the touchline, acting like a little boy, being very immature, squared up to managers and just being an absolute idiot, right? He sets the tone for that. And and, and we're going back to the semi-final on Sunday. Rangers completely lost their discipline, completely lost it. And obviously, like, that ended up costing us the game as well because we just lost our heads. And... That but that is when the when the players see Casinha losing his mind the touchline they'll be like okay if Casinha's losing his mind, uh, and acting like that, let's act like that as well then, so Casinha sets the tone for that and the players will always look to the manager on how he conducts himself, so I would put like the way partially the I'll put partially the blame on Casinha for the way certain players have been acting like Ryan Jack and I said remember when Ryan Jack got that red card against Hamilton where he lunged in in a nothing area bit of the pitch and got himself sent off it was a it was a daft challenge to, to do right and right after that game um, I, I don't think Casinha came out and slaughtered him for it or what or whatnot. He should, like if that was Walter Smith, Walter Smith would have grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and said to Ryan Jack after the game, "Don't you dare do that again, son." Casinha, I don't think he actually done that. Be, and and or not, that goes back to my point. There's there was no discipline under Casinha because look what happened uh, last night with Ryan Jack. Three red cards he's had, three three red cards this season. So Casinha obviously was not good at man management. He's uh, he wasn't. Uh, I don't think. The play he came across is very likable to the players, so yeah, it, he really set the tone for that. And so obviously you're you're a big Celtic man, Aidan. I, I know you're absolutely gutted about the news of a Casinha leaving. Nah, it's probably one of the most gutting things I've heard this season. Yeah, but so he was he was an entertaining guy. Nobody could take that away from him, right? Nobody, but let's be honest, the guy was a loser. He was like some of those quotes. What was the what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And uh, what was our famous one? It was like the they caravan. And the caravan keeps going. I think that was my favourite. Oh man, I was uh, I was in class today, right in college, and I was uh, like on Twitter, and I was looking at some of Pedro's famous quotes. Jesus, oh my God! And I was watching that video of the Vegas one where he actually hit out, hit out, hit out the, hit out, I can't get it. Was it? He actually said to the journalist, he went, "Oh." Right. You've been to Vegas before, yeah? And then they're like, yeah, uh, what? And then they're just so confused about, yeah, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? You're not going to tell your wife that. What happened in Vegas? And you're like, what? <laughs> oh, it was oh, just laughable, laughable to say the least. So the Pedro Casina era is over. Um, two horrendous performances and results uh, in his last two games, it's over. And I would want to get Derek McInnes in. Um, I think we've spent quite a long time in this, uh, so we'll we'll move on. But I want to get I want to get Derek McInnes in. I think that will be the absolutely absolutely right appointment. So McInnes, come on Rangers, push the boat and get this guy in pronto. So let's move on, Aiden. Let's move on to the other semi final on Saturday. Celtic beat Hibs. Celtic beat Hibs four to to make the League Cup final. Aidan, what was your thoughts in the game? And most, most, uh, most uh, first of all, Celtic's performance. Thought it was an improvement. I mean, Celtic have been quite poor in relative terms to their performances last season. So far this season, I think, but the defence has been a bit shaky, and it was really 
at dodgy at points on Saturday. But I think Dembele coming back out of the team, although he only came on as a sub, he got two goals and that really gave us a boost. Because mm-hmm. the goals weren't really coming recently for Griffiths. He didn't quite, I don't know, he just didn't look sharp. He's happened to players sometimes. So I think that was good Dembele coming back. And yeah, I think the defence is probably one of the things that Celtic fans should be worried about the now. But mm-hmm. Hibs, Hibs, I talk about their performance. I thought, I think everything watched Hibs this season, they've not performed unless it's against Celtic. At the two each game, that was the best they've played all season. Then, apart from that, up until since, since the Ibrox game, I've not really seen it for Hibs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, I just was saying uh, about uh, like Hibs' performance on Sunday. They, I don't know what it is like. That's two games against you where they've actually played well, or and they've, they've not shamed themselves whatsoever. Two games against you as well, and that's four goals in two games, right? Uh-huh. Rangers only managed to, uh, under Casino. Rangers only managed one goal against Celtic in three games. So, yeah, like I think, yeah, I think that might be down to Lennon because he does know how we play. Celtic do have a way of playing, and it's never going to go away. So I think he might know how to do that. But I think. I don't know Hibs I don't think Lennon just needs to learn how to play against the league find a way Hibs play because mm-hmm. he's not using that against other teams in the league and I don't know I think if they want to be a top 6 team this season they need to start getting good results against the bigger sides yeah I think Hibs will get the top 6 but with Lennon coming out and saying Hibs are the second best team in Scotland that's come on Lennon you can't be you can't be saying that like, the, like Hibs have made a decent start like, I wouldn't say it's a great start but it's a a decent start to the season would you agree I don't think it's been a fantastic start I mean they could have got a few more wins in the time they've had but they've done okay getting a semi-final and they've got good results against the two Glasgow teams and they well, they were quite unlucky against Aberdeen last week mm-hmm. yeah so Mr Dembele also scored um, at the weekend so and what do you think we're missing Dembele then? Do you think he's going to like part Griffiths out the team? Do you think? I think it's the same thing we've seen last season. I mean, people there's always a debate ongoing with who is better, Griffiths or Dembele. It's Dembele a hundred percent. People say Griffiths is better, but just I don't know. Dembele just adds on definitely Celtic. It makes us a next level team, I think. Yeah, and, and I think because of the two goals. Uh, the weekend and last night which we'll talk about later I think that's him in the team for long term because Griffith's going to have to do a whole lot to get back in that team at the moment mm-hmm. because see Dembele since he's back to full fitness he'll be back to his usual self scoring goals left right and centre and do you think this could be his last season if he continues up this uh, vein of former scoring goals constantly like he did last season I think that interest in did fade a bit so you can't really tell until you get to a transfer window but Celtic do a great job of keeping hold of him and I think if they really wanted to keep him they could because I think he's only just going to add, add money, value to himself if he stays at Celtic for longer and he's going to become a better player at them if he stays there long term and maybe moves on in a year or two Yeah that's what I think as well with um, Mr Dembele I think he really needs to make a statement uh, in the last uh, three games in Champions League so he does and I think Celtic will get Europa I think that's uh, quite certain so if even if Celtic get Europa League he could make a statement in Europa League as well and like, trying to like, get his name out there even more 
by scoring go- uh, a, lot, a lot of goals in Europa League if Celtic do have a, like, a decent run in Europa. So I think it's safe to say Celtic are not going to make the last 16, obviously, because it's, it's between Bayern and PSG. Bayern and PSG are going through. So what do, what do, I, I ask you, what did you make of the, the Celtic-Bayern game uh, last week? Watching Celtic and Jerome were far too predictable. I mean, we probably do have the players that could get a decent result, but they just do the same things. They lose the ball far too much in midfield. And I think Dembele, with Dembele, he's not had a chance to prove himself in Europe. And if he had played that Bayern game, I think he'd been better suited. Griffiths is isolated completely in mm-hmm. the European games, so it's a bit of a waste of a striker. But Dembele comes back, gets involved, and probably give us a boost as you've seen, seen last season in the Champions League mm-hmm. yeah yeah. So a lot, I've seen a lot of Celtic fans were complaining I, I have to admit I, I didn't watch the game um, but I've seen a lot of Celtic fans were complaining about the Celtic defence are being really critical as well and I was like come on I stopped being, you've been a bit OTT here you're playing against Bayern Munich here and I, being, don't get me wrong I mean Celtic, it's a completely different game for the Scottish football you're playing against one of the best teams all but we've shown in the past we have can perform with these type of players and I don't know we're just not performing the way we can I mean we could have been 2-0 down the first 5 minutes against Bayern mm-hmm. we, they probably their first goal was disallowed which it was wrongly and they should have a penalty when they stick to Lewandowski mm-hmm. so that's we don't want to be the Whitten boys here but we want to make a statement and try and compete with these teams yeah like it's a it's a difficult group. Like when you've got like a team like Bayern Munich and you've got a team like PSG, and and like the and like will not like you just you just will see past you get past them and the uh, like part kids as well comfortably. Yeah, as we already seen, you beat them three now away. Europa the Europa League will be uh, fine and secure for Celtic, I think. Um, so. Obviously, it's still taking the League Cup final now, and they're playing. They'll be playing Motherwell. It pains me to say that. <laughs> so, what do you think in the cup, League Cup final? Do you think you'll get past Motherwell? On paper, you should. I mean, they're probably a lot better than Motherwell at the moment, but I think they have improved, and it should be a good game anyway. But I can't see Celtic getting beaten. That though, players will turn up definitely because they've got big game players at the moment. I think. Should be easily beat Motherwell. I'll probably, I might eat my words, but hopefully not. Mm, yeah. We play Motherwell three times that week, so if they get a result in one of them, I think they'd be happy with that. Oh yeah, I can, I can imagine so. So uh, yeah, Motherwell credit to them. They're, they're flying right now, uh, so they're they're doing really really well, and yeah, I think they'll keep up this uh, good uh, vein of form. So we'll move on uh, to the Edinburgh derby that took place on Tuesday night. Hibs beat Hearts 1-0. Aidan, what, what did you make of the game? I thought Hibs were utterly dominant and Hearts were just all over the place. I would agree Hibs were dominant, but not much. The game was quite boring, to be honest. I mean, they go in the first three minutes and then Hibs, as I said, they didn't really turn up in the final third. They were dominating getting the ball forward, but they weren't really taking their chances well. Mm-hmm. And I think Hearts just... I thought they were making some improvements under Levine, but didn't see it against... Yeah, the football they were playing was absolutely turgid. It was really bad to watch. Uh, so it was. And when I look at that Hearts team, I said on the podcast previously, Hearts only have, like, when you look at that Hearts team, there's only three good players on that team. Berra, uh, Gonsalves, and Jamie Walker, when you look at it. Up. Only three good players. Um, and just going back to Hibs, though, 
Hibs done the, uh, I think Stokes was uh, injured or did he, did he just get dropped he was injured but Simon Murray came in and I thought he he probably should be the main striker at Hibs I mean, he's younger I think he offers a lot more he's kind of a good middle ground between a pacey striker but one who can also have good shots like, it's good finishing. Yeah, he's a he's a real good player. So he is Simon Murray. Um, he obviously scored a fantastic goal in the end of the derby. I've been saying it for a wee while now. Stokes is, you know, my thoughts on Stokes. I know he's biggest fan. I think Stokes is really, really poor. And any time he plays with uh, up top for Hibs, I feel as though he slows the play down completely. And he's he's just he's just as I was saying, he just slows them down and he just holds up the play and he just can't finish he's not a good striker I don't know what Neil Lennon sees in him I just don't get it and Simon Murray should be the main guy up top so I hopefully uh, Neil Lennon will realise that um, and realise okay Stokes isn't cutting it up top and we're just going to go with Simon Murray instead because Simon Murray is the answer even though he didn't, he hasn't scored in a wee while before then in the derby I think he will kick on uh, now, uh, considering he scored uh, in the end of the derby there. And yeah, so Hartsell, um, Craig Levine was saying that Hearts need to get rid of quite a lot of players in January. Um, that The thing is, though, he was he was director of football, or still is director of football. It's a mess. Um, but he was director of football uh, to Ian Cathro, right? He was the one that said, okay, you can sign this player, Ian. Aye, that's fine, you sign him. Because they both need to agree on it. So, Craig Levine needs to have a look, a, a look at himself as well, don't you agree? I mean, he would have had a say in the transfers, so if he's wanting to get rid of them, then why do they have signed him in the first place? He's trying to shift the blame from himself to Ian Carthro, even though he's been out the door ages now. And I think, I think that he probably should take some responsibility, because that would maybe get him more, get the fans more on his side of it mm-hmm. yeah that, that's what he, that's what he, he 100% should do um, it's going to be interesting to see what will happen with Hearts in uh, January uh, so well because there's a lot of players that need to go, go out the door and um, there's obviously the same Kyle Lafferty um, I think he scored it uh, last weekend there Lafferty is not the player he once was um, he's definitely not the player he once was so yeah, it made sense for Hearts to sign him, but he's he's just not got it anymore. I'm afraid he's not. So, uh, so uh, this uh, <coughs> me, this Saturday, Hearts will be playing Rangers at Murrayfield. Um, I thought I should have said this earlier on, but I was so fired up about Casinha. Uh, so I was, and I'm just over the moon he's going. <laughs> so Hearts will be playing Rangers at uh, Murrayfield this Saturday. Graham Murty is in uh, caretaker, uh, caretaker charge. Um, Aidan, what do you think though? I, sh- I should have brought, brought this up earlier. Do you think there's a chance Graham Murty could get given the job until the end of the season? I think there's a possibility he's one of the early favourites, but people look at Graham Murty as if he'd done a no bad job when he was in charge. But if you remember, he got that draw in Celtic, and, but he did have some bad results. He had lost games at Inverness Dundee. and Dundee and consecutive games. So I don't know, I think. I don't know if he's proven enough to get the job full time. We'll wait and see how he does in these next run of games he's got. But I think the Rangers will want or someone a lot more secure because can't get Green Murray's another gamble. Yeah, that's a good point you made there because you see that draw at Parkhead. I think I feel as though that just like covered up or uh, like those bad results against Dundee and Inverness. 
I feel as though it has. Um, I wouldn't mind Graham Murty, like... In fact, I would, obviously I don't mind him being in charge for the, the Hearts game, right? That's absolutely fine, and he has to be in charge. To the end of the season, though, no, no, because we're in it. We're like we're, in, we're still in October, right? Late, we're in late October, right? There's still plenty of football to be played. We're eight points behind, I know, right? Um, we're eight points behind the league. There's a, there's still a, a like another cup for us to win, right? Still plenty to play for, so we need to get in a proven manager. Either the two likely candidates will be Dent McInnes or Alec McLeish. And as I said, I'll be fine with both of them. Right, I wouldn't mind either one of them. So, yeah, back to the game though. Um, this Saturday, how do you see it going between Hearts and Rangers? Um, if because if uh, Pedro was in charge still, I'll be absolutely bricking it. I would I'd probably say we'll get beat. But obviously he's not in charge anymore. I think that'll give a big lift to the players. That'll give him a big morale boost. Um, I'm I'm going to say I feel a lot more comfort confident about the game now because when you look at that Rangers team, honestly, there's some good individual players there, but they weren't playing as a unit. They weren't playing as a team under Casinha. Um, I didn't. They didn't know what their role was. So I think Murty will come up with a quick plan uh, for Saturday, and the players will be up for it. And yeah, I think we might see Kenny Miller back in the team as well, mate. What do you think? I don't know, has he even been training recently? Um, he's been training with under-20s. Ah, well, I suppose. So I think it could be a close game, but I'll probably say it'll be like a one each or something. I'll go for that. Um, I'm going to say, I actually think we'll, I'm quite confident now that we'll get a result. I'm going to say it'll be a 2-1 Rangers win. I think it'll be a 2-1 a two Rangers win. Um, it'll, be, it'll be very intriguing to see how it goes. Uh, in, in Saturday I think that'll be the main event for uh, next week's pod I think we can uh, agree on that one um, but Aidan I was going to ask you would you be able to get the fixtures up just now I should have said this just, uh, like before in the pod so we can just uh, obviously predict the other games so I don't want to be getting moaned at I don't want to be getting moaned at the listeners for saying oh Scott's only just talking about the Rangers uh, game and that's it but uh, so obviously uh, we spoke about the Pedro time for a long time uh, about 23 minutes I could have went on for ages but <laughs> we had to obviously uh, move on uh, from that yeah but some uh, quite interesting games this weekend I'm sure who have uh, you got we play Kilmarnock oh Kelly <laughs> so uh, second game can we get another result against the big Glasgow teams um, yeah well, that'll be well, it'll be at Rugby Park so no wait sorry it's at Celtic Park oh Celtic Park um, yep I'm going to say It'll be a, a 3-1 Celtic win. I was going to say that like, as well, 3-1 Celtic. I mean, Steve Clark, apparently he's done good things so far in training, but ah, I think it's too early to give him a result in Celtic. Yeah, absolutely. Aberdeen play at Ross County at Pataudry. Um, Aberdeen, Ross County. Oh, by the way, we haven't spoken about the Aberdeen game, uh, the Aberdeen Celtic game, we'll talk about it after that. Um, so Aberdeen versus Ross County, I'm going to go with a 
A 2 1 Aberdeen win. What about yourself? Um, I'll go for a I'll go for a 1 0 Aberdeen. I think they're a bit shook up to Wednesday because they didn't really perform that well. But ah, yeah, I held Aberdeen. Ah, yeah, I held Aberdeen were absolutely rotten. That's what they were. Um, so, what's uh, the next one? Um, Dundee play Hamilton at Dens. Uh, Hamilton are back to their usual selves from last season, constantly losing. I think that's six or seven on the bounce they've lost. Um, I'm going to go with a... No, no, actually. I think I'll go with a no, no one. I'll just no, no. give Dundee a one, no. I'm going to go a no, no, very boring game. Um, next is Motherwell v Hibs at Fur Park. High flying Motherwell. Uh, and that'll be interesting because last time they played they drew. And obviously Hibs will be uh, absolutely ecstatic from winning that uh, in my derby during the week. I'm going to go with a... In fact, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Motherwell win. The, the Motherwell train will continue. I'll go for a... Um, I'll go for a one-each draw, I think. Motherwell are good, but... I will... You know what? I think I will go for a Motherwell win, 2-1. Yeah. They are on form now in Hibs. They did win on Tuesday, but... They're really sort of struggling to turn up in games like that. I, mean, yeah. like, I don't think the players only really want to turn up for the big teams. And I don't know. I think Motherwell could scrape a win because they are on good form now. Yeah, and obviously, Hibs defence this season has been poor. They've conceded a lot of goals. And I think Louis Moult's going to have more fun uh, with our defence. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, yeah, Motherwell to win and Louis Moult. To score, obviously. And the last game is Patrick Thistle v St Johnson. Yeah, and Thistle obviously won last weekend. Um, that's right, yeah. Yep. Um, so uh, Patrick Thistle and St Johnson. St Johnson not in the best form right now. I'm going to go with a a one each. Going to go for a one each. I'll give it to St Johnson. One now. Patrick Thistle are very poor. I mean, I was actually I thought it. I was. Thought they were really lucky to get a win last week. They mm-hmm. have a very first start. I don't think anyone really expected it for how good they were last season. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, we'll move on to the Celtic and Aberdeen game. Um, so Aidan, what did you make of it? Celtic comfortable winners, one three now against Aberdeen, and apparently Aberdeen just didn't even lay a glove on you. I don't think they did. I mean, I would say I did say earlier. I think Celtic have been poor to the standards they were last season, this season, but I thought uh, Wednesday was, that was Celtic really turning up, what a, what a big game, and I think that's the most comfortable one they've had at Petodre in a, a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what did you make of uh, Aberdeen's performance? Did you feel as though, were you surprised at how poor Aberdeen were on the night? I mean, usually the Petodre's like the toughest place you think about Celtic, I mean, before the game they thought about could this be the end of Celtic's unbeaten run and every time Celtic play Aberdeen at Petodre they do want to give us a game but I don't know they just something teamed off about last night the crowd were on their backs a lot and they didn't really the big players like Stevie May and Mackay Stephen they didn't show up I think Shinny was one of the exceptions he was trying to have a go at Celtic but I don't think you can really get by how good Celtic were on the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was at the game, the Rangers game last night, at half-time, just checking the scores, I found out uh, you were winning, obviously, and I was like, 
my god, no surprise there. So I think it was 2 0 at half time, wasn't it? Aye? It was Tierney and Dembele. Tierney showed one of the best goals to score in his career, hit right off the crossbar. Yeah. And Dembele got another two, which is going to even make it harder for Griffiths to get back in the team. Right, exactly, I, I know. There was a tough choice between the two for man of the match. Dembele mm-hmm. got two goals and an assist, Tierney got a goal and an assist, and it was what an assist it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Like, what, what do you make of it about Aberdeen with Aberdeen right now with Kenny McLean saying to Dent McInnes uh, he's, he'll be leaving at the end of the season um, I'm not surprised at that um, De- Kenny McLean is always um, he'll even more than likely will end up at Rangers and hopefully Dent McInnes will be taking taking him along to Rangers or even can you imagine that right um, we get uh, Rangers get Dent McInnes right then in January we go in for, Den- uh, we go in for Kenny McLean and sign up Kenny McLean then Derek McInnes has got his midfield back, Ryan Jack and Ken McLean at Rangers. So I could see that actually happening, yeah. Ken McLean going to Rangers. And it just looks like, I don't know what it is, it's like Aberdeen are losing their best players. Like, obviously, lost days in the summer, lost Ryan Jack, and they're losing, they're going to be losing uh, Ken McLean as well. So, but to be credit to McInnes, he's managed to get in some uh, replacements and bring in so, uh, some good players and they've started the season off well so they have and that's really deserves a lot of credit um, but does it come as a surprise to you then about Kenny McLean at all? Um, not really I mean I think Aberdeen fans would disappoint I personally really don't think he's that great a player I thought when he was put in the team in the yellow season I was very surprised I just didn't see it from when I watched Aberdeen play but I was saying they were really poor last night. I would take it away for Aberdeen. That was our first defeat this season. That was very impressive. I think they had one of the best transfer windows in any team in Scotland. Mm-hmm. With McKay, McKay Stephen, Armisen, Maynard, May. Just, was, I'd say they had the same. Well, I'd, I'd say in real terms, they, what they've got to spend, they probably had one of the best transfer windows. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, JJ was telling me last night, he was texting me last night, he was telling me that... Uh, he felt as though that Aberdeen showed you far too much respect. You were saying? I probably agree with that, which I really find surprising because it's not like Aberdeen at Pitodra. For a big game like this, I said that in front of a sellout crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. When I, I'm not, when I heard that result, I was a little bit surprised and not surprised at the same time. Um, because that's five, uh, the last five games, I know the last. Um, Six games, I think it is. Last six or seven games, Aberdeen have played you's and you've won. Yep, I think that's right. Six or seven. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously the Celtic juggernaut continues. That's 61 games unbeaten. Yep, and the next game we can hopefully play a record reset. A lot, like, a hundred years ago. So, no, it's a good time to be a Celtic fan, anyway. Aiden, it's just you. It, but you's right now, it depresses me, it really does. 61 games unbeaten you obviously done the treble last season it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be some interesting times to say the least for Rangers and uh, well so your your final prediction uh, on who will take over at Rangers Derek McInnes I will say that and I was saying this earlier on <laughs> my bold prediction is McInnes goes to Rangers then there's a slot Aberdeen who would you think would take over that? I was thinking Gordon Strong. Well, that's a very interesting uh, suggestion, mate. That is, um, on it's interesting, but I don't think Strachan will want to jump back into football just yet. 
Because the Scotland, because obviously, even though the Scotland job is part time, I think he just wants to take a little break from uh, football just now. Oh, I can understand that, but I think going strong, I think at club level, he's a bit. He can be a bit of both. People either love him or hate him. Yeah, it just depends on the decisions he makes. He's far too stubborn in my opinion. But I don't know. I think that probably one of the best options Aberdeen would be able to go for it if McKinnis was to go. Um, I would probably say Tommy Wright will go to Aberdeen. Um, if then McKinnis goes to Rangers I think Tommy Wright will get it I think that will be a really good appointment for, to, for Aberdeen and to, I think it will be a good fit as well I remember G, I was speaking to JJ uh, about this um, JJ would be concerned about this, the style of football that uh, Aberdeen would play under Tommy Wright but I was saying to him doesn't, who cares as long as you're getting results winning games that's all, that's all that matters because football is a results driven business all that matters getting results even the th- same with me with Rangers right See, like I can't be bothered with that another project, like a third project, right? Because we've tried that with Pedro, it was a project that failed, right? We Rangers need to go back to the the or like the way we used to be. We need to install that old Rangers mentality, that old mentality which is just win football games. It worked with Walter Smith. Under Walter Smith, Rangers played the most turgid, awful football, but we won things, we won games, and that's what that's what Rangers need to go back to and Tommy and Tommy Wright though doesn't matter if his football's terrible you'll get your results so my prediction would be Tommy Wright to go to Aberdeen and I don't know who to take over at St Johnson uh, but I think St Johnson yeah. yeah it would be because Tommy Wright's done a marvellous job at uh, St Johnson so I think um, anything else we need to cover Aiden? I think that's it more or less I think yeah I think that's it so uh, I I think it's about fifty odd minutes we've done so far tonight. So Aiden, a pleasure as always. Uh, and take care, guys, and we'll see you soon.